Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, here we are. Monday morning, 10 games out, 10 days out from the Ute and Cougar game, the 100th rivalry game. College football can't get here soon enough. Let's go. Let's kick it off. I know we get games this weekend. And Arizona-Hawaii, I mean, it is a Pac-12 school and a Mountain West school, but we really don't expect either team to do much in either league, so it's something, but uh, you really don't know what. And Miami and Florida, it sounds like it'll be a good rivalry. They play occasionally. I guess they just announced them they're going to have another home-and-home deal. Maybe Florida will be good. Miami, really, we've been waiting for Miami to be something for, I don't know, 15 years now. It's, uh, when are you going to get back to being the U? It's not happening. All right, so the Utes uh, closed camp, which really means instead of practicing in the late morning, they're going to practice in the afternoon because school starts, and so they got 5.30 media availability. Instead of 11.30 or noon media availability. I know that doesn't mean much to you. It means a little bit to us. That's the difference between camp and practice. So now they're getting into uh, camp is broken, although they still go to the same building and same go to the same field, so whatever. Anyway, Kyle Whittingham at the end of camp talking about the captains, the battle for the kicking spot, the offensive line. Here's Kyle Whittingham with the media on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What goes in the process of selecting the captains, and what do you feel about this group? The process is the team votes for them. Very simple. Their their peers vote for them. Uh, Everyone's eligible to be a captain unless you have a disciplinary issue. Uh, we had none of those, so everyone was eligible to, put, to uh, be voted on. And uh, I thought our guys did a great job. We got Tyler Huntley and Darren Paulo as the offensive captains. Bradley and I and Lucky Foto on defense. And, of course, Ben Lennon on uh, special teams, which is a great show of respect for Ben. He's only he's his first year here, and, and uh, that's how much his teammates think of him. And that's the kind of job he's done for us throughout spring and fall camp. As a coach, what do you expect from your captains? Leadership. First and foremost, they got a, and a, the, the uh, trait of a great leader is he sets the bar and then demands everyone else lives up to that. And so they got to lead by example, they got to set the pace, and then, like I said, demand those around them to, to do the same. And we have a saying here the standard is the standard. You know, the standard that we have set in this program is the standard, and everyone will live up to it. Well, you got camp done. Did you get everything accomplished you wanted to? Just about. You know, if we had to kick today, Andy Strauss, our guy, you know, he, he's definitely in number one right now. Now, that doesn't mean that it's set in stone because, you know, things can happen between now and the game. There's 12 days, and then when we get into the season, you got to perform in the games. The bottom line is you got to perform when the lights are on in the games themselves. But, but right now, he has won that job at this point in time. So, uh, O-line, we feel like we've got that. Uh, pretty well solidified with those six guys, Paul Tawala and uh, Johnny Maev rotating in there with the other four. Uh, other, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten are still developing, but getting closer and closer to being game ready. No change on Bam as far as his status. Um, linebackers, still a guy or two away there that we need to develop, but we made a lot of progress. And so, uh, you know, if we can stay healthy at linebacker, knock on wood, then we will be just fine. But it's tough to stay healthy all year. Is the offense line good enough with Zach running the ball that if you don't see plus one in the box right away, you'll see it pretty quickly? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's tough to say. I mean, it's, uh, a lot of that hinges on the receiver play, and I mean, there's so many things that go into that. But, uh, you know, we, we got the best running back in the Pac-12, in our opinion, and one of the best in the country. So we're certainly going to feed him the ball, see what happens. What did you find out about your team that you didn't know two and a half weeks ago? Not much, because I we got a good feel for these guys in spring, and it just carried over into fall. The work ethic, the leadership, the the, the uh, absolute blue collar business like mentality, 
uh, coming to work every day, taking care of their business. Uh, just a great, great team to coach. I'm having as much fun now as I ever have. If you can call it fun, I guess you call it fun. Speaking of fun, yeah. you seem like you have fun giving the uh, scholarships. Scholarships is, if not the best, one of the best aspects of being a head coach and seeing these guys come in, work their tails off for two, three, four years, uh, just bleed and sweat like everybody else but pay their own way the whole time and then to be able to reward them, that's, a, that's a gratifying, very gratifying. And, and we've done, we've had the opportunity to give uh, three of those guys scholarships this fall. Are you the one that comes up with those? Or are you uh, the a, creative we have, guy in we high school? We have a think tank, and I'm in the think tank, but I I can't take credit for all of it. Does that mean Andrew gets a scholarship at this point, or not? No, 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 not yet. We're gonna, you know, yet. Like I said, the litmus test, the ultimate litmus test, is the game game situation. So, if we if everything goes there, we do have a scholarship set aside for specialists if they can perform to a Pac-12 level. Just because you're the best in this camp doesn't mean. You know, that you get a scholarship, you got to prove that you're a, a capable Pac-12 kicker, which we feel he's going to do that. Do you have to hold some scholarships back with the transfer portal all the time? Can you ever be fully committed? How does that work? We're fully committed right now with the initial 25. There's two counts you're up against, 25 initials per year and 85 overall. And uh, right now we're up against the uh, initial 25 count. So, so we held them back and uh, we filled the last one, you know, when Bam got cleared academically that was the last one although he's still not cleared from a uh, eligibility standpoint do you like that do you have a month of practice before the season starts or no i'd rather have preseason you know scrimmages or games or something like that to break it up but i don't think college will ever get to that you know the nfl model is great we practice a week and a half or so then start playing preseason games but uh, i don't know if that's feasible in college it's probably not feasible but uh you know, I think that uh, it's better than it used to be. We get 25 practices. It used to be 29. I think before that it was even more than that. So so I think they've got it as good as it can be for our circumstances. The shorter would be okay for you if it was not so many? Shorter practices or shorter? Shorter amount of practices. Uh, you know, I think 25 is about right. Yeah, I think, uh, but you'd like to be able to break it up with some scrimmaging or something against somebody instead of pounding on yourselves right. for, you know, 30 straight days or whatever it is, 28 straight days, you'd rather line up and, and scrimmage somebody else. But in college ball, I don't know how that would be structured. I don't know how they do that. Generally speaking, did you come out of this camp healthy? Yes, relatively speaking, generally speaking. Uh, some bumps and bruises, but but nothing really that's, uh, you know, was just disastrous. You know, but we do have some guys that got injured. There is Kyle Whittingham. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Guy Holiday about the Ute receivers. And uh, both the Utes and Cougars looking for a breakout star at receiver. Uh, up their game. Get a big play threat. And you'll hear from a couple guys, PK chatting with two guys who uh, have a chance to be those guys. We'll find out. We'll just talk to them next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Both Utah and BYU are looking for a big play threat in the passing game. Someone who can consistently stretch the defense and deliver chunk yardage. All that kind of stuff. Which, uh, you know, 
get tired of the cliches, but you know what it means, and you do need those skill sets in your offense, no doubt about it. Let's start at BYU. PK talking with Gunnar Romney, kid out of Arizona, uh, sophomore, comes highly heralded. Is he the guy? Here's PK with Gunnar. Gunner, this is your second season. Let's start it off with your health. How is it? My health is 100% right now. Had a full full off season to recover and to, to get healthy and big and strong. And I'm feeling good throughout fall camp. How much do you think you showed last year that you still need to improve upon this year? Um, I mean, there's a there's a tons that I have to improve on. Last year coming in, uh, I was slowed down a little bit by the injuries, but um, even during the season, I felt like it was, it was a good experience for me to learn about the speed and the strength. Um, and, and just the overall just tempo of the game in college football. And so I think that's what I've been really, really focusing on, and I know, I know what to expect now, uh, now that I have a season under my belt coming in. So it's, it's going to be better year this year. In today's world, you know, with the Internet, everybody knows what everyone's star ranking is and who's recruiting you. And, and with you, you know, being down there from the Phoenix area, you went to Chandler, right? And that's a big powerhouse. A bunch of guys have gone in the NFL. So my point is you come in with a lot of hype. And people, fans, media, whomever, they expect you to just deliver right away. Are you aware of all the talk that goes around concerning your particular situation? Yeah, 100%. Like, you hear the hype and you hear you hear everybody talking, but at the end of the day, it's 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 about your performance and about, it's about what you think of yourself. So you can't you can't listen to any of that um, stars and stuff. Once you once you get out of high school, they don't really matter anymore because you're on the team. You have to start from from square one. Uh, you have to start at, at point zero again. So really, you just have to focus on yourself, not let any of the hype get to you, and just focus on working yourself up. Because of the injury last year or injuries, would you say last season? Was that frustrating, disappointing for you personally? How would you phrase it? Um, I would just say it was it was a it was a learning 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 season for me. Um, it was obviously I didn't have the production that I wanted to because of some of that stuff, but it really helped me learn um, about taking care of my body and about just even the few games that I did get to get to play and get experience. It just it just taught me so much about what I what I need to do to, to excel at this level. So then how much motivation do you have? Because I'm sure you really believe in your ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I have tons of motivation to come back and prove that that I can be a weapon on the field. And and, you know, um, throughout this offseason, it was motivating me to know that, that I can come out and I can perform. And so that's I just had it playing with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. With that chip, what are you expecting from yourself this season? I, I expect to be a huge contributor to this team. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all about doing what you can to help this team win. And I'm hoping that I can be able to, to be one of the main guys to, to boost this team and help us get tons of wins this year. Do you know where you fit in depth chart-wise receiver po- with the receivers at this point? Um, I mean, all the receivers. We, we run, most of us run, uh, I'm running with the ones right now, but we're, we have a pretty, pretty open rotation. It's fall camp. Everybody's getting reps right now. So we're just really trying to spread it around. How explosive do you think you can be? Because big plays obviously can make a difference. I mean that's a that's a huge thing. That's that's one of the things I've been working on most, trying to trying to be an explosive player and create those big those big plays for this offense. Because I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of them this year, and I feel like I, I can be a big part of it. You got good size, obviously. How how physical can you be with DBs guarding you? 
it, it helps a lot um, with your size. I mean, at the college level, DBs are going to try and get in your face. They're going to try and be physical with you. So it's, it's all about the receiver taking the physicality to them and really making yourself the man and you, you trying to push them around instead of letting them push you around. Was that a surprise or maybe if it's not a surprise, how big of an adjustment was it from high school to in this situation that you're speaking of? I don't think it was it was a huge surprise, but definitely just the, the physicality and the size of all the DBs. It's a huge jump from, from high school to college. And so that's that's one thing that I wanted to work on tons of soft season is getting bigger and stronger mm-hmm. so I can so I can compete better at that. Did you gain weight? I did. I gained about 10 pounds this offseason. So what are you now? About 190 right now. Okay. And, and I'm sure when you were down there, what is it, the Wolves? Is that that's what Chandler is? Yes, sir. On uh, Arizona Boulevard, right? Am I right? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I used to cover Chandler <laughs> High for the Mesa Tribune way back when, before you were born, I'm sure. Uh, but... Uh, I'm sure in high school you had a great relationship with your quarterback and he knew that he could depend on you. Was it Conover? It was Conover. Yeah, so he could get you the ball, you'd go make a play, and the result would be pretty good. How is it going as you try to build that relationship with Wilson and then Hall, the number two kid? Yeah, it's been it's been awesome this offseason. I mean, um, Zach was obviously held back by by an injury this year, but even just watching film with him and, and you know getting the reps that we could, um, at, towards the end of the end of the summer and stuff, it's it's helped a lot. I can already tell because last year you come in, um, you don't have much time before the season um, before you have to start playing. So I can just tell the chemistry there is just a hundred times better than it was last season. And he was a freshman, so I'm sure in talking to A. Rod and Grimes that they didn't necessarily put everything out on his plate because he didn't want to overwhelm him. And now since he has that experience, they believe he can do more, which translates into throwing the ball more. So there's going to be an opportunity, I believe, to have more receptions, not just for you, but for all the receivers. How is important? How important is it for the receivers as a group to make sure you come through so they call, keep calling pass plays? It's it's super important. Zach's a Zach's a he's he's confident in his abilities, and that's what we need as receivers. We need him to be able to trust us, and so it's all about just practice every single day, making plays in practice, getting open, um, being able to make that play. So he has that trust in us, and the coaches have that trust in us that when uh, when the game's on the line or when we need to. Be play that they can go to us not just not just me but any of the receivers out there uh, right that's what i'm saying so you definitely look bigger from last year i mean i think that's obvious how about your speed I've, i feel like i've gotten faster too uh just this off season with the college uh, strength staff it's been it's treated me really good it was it was hard i'm not gonna lie first uh, first off season but it's really helped me and i can feel the difference so you think you can get deep i think so mm-hmm. that's what, that's so, what so uh have they used you deep at all in fall camp yeah, I mean, we've been we've been throwing the ball around a little bit, and so that's just one thing that we've really been emphasizing. We've been trying to get explosive plays, and so that means taking shots and stuff. And I think as a receiving core and as an offense, we've been all around doing a really good job with that. Everybody wants to win, so that's the ultimate goal. Do you have any personal goals beyond that? Um, honestly, just it, like... I just wanted to want to uh, contribute as much as I can, whether that's two catches or whether that's a hundred catches. It doesn't really matter as long as I can I can say I did my part and say that that I helped this team win. So you're an East Valley kid down in Arizona, and there's a lot of BYU connections there. And obviously, you chose to come here. Growing up, how much did you know about the rivalry with the Utes? Um, obviously, I had I had a couple family members come through here and play here, so it was it was always a big game for me. But I didn't really understand the the intensity that it that it had until I moved to the state of Utah. It's just like it's night and day here. Um, it's just a, it's such a big rivalry, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Are you aware of the streak? 
I am aware of the streak. That's, that's something that's been in the back of my head and hoping to end it. How much would that mean to everybody on this team? I realize I'm putting you in the position of a spokesman, but I am talking to you right now yeah. to be able to beat these guys for the first time in what would be like nine, ten years. Yeah, I mean, as a team, we all we all want to start out the season strong. Um, I mean, that team up north there, they've, they've been good for the past couple of years, and we want to we want to prove a point that that we can compete with anybody in the country. Um, and we want to prove a point that that we can we can be the big dogs and we can step up in big in big situations. Do you pay attention to all the hype they're getting? Um, not really. You try to tune everything out. You just got to focus on yourself and focus on your team, and really just uh, that's what it's all about is is loving each other on the team and not not letting the any of the outside influence get into it. Before I let you go, do you have a prediction? No, I don't have a <laughs> prediction about that. I'm not going to say anything, but I, I trust our team. All right, thanks, Gunnar. Appreciate it. There's Gunnar Romney. A lot of BYU fans like to see him become the big play threat. At Utah, uh, Jalen Dixon hauled in a couple of touchdown passes, one in the bowl game, one against Colorado when they clinched the Pac-12 South. And Kyle Whittingham has been very complimentary to him, as good as any deep threat in the nation. Here's Jalen Dixon with PK. I don't know if you hold Jalen, but on Saturday, your coach, Kyle Whittingham, said you're one of the best deep threats in the country. Did you hear that? Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's just it's really cool to know that your coach has a lot, um, you know, of confidence in you. And um, I, I just want to go out there and consistently prove that I can do that and uh, show him what he's seen and just, just try to get better. So then Andy Ludwig said he thought that you were not just a specialized player, a deep threat. He thought that you could be an every down receiver. So you got some pretty good compliments on Saturday from your head coach and then your offensive coordinator. What do you think about the possibility of you being an every down receiver? I mean, that's the goal, of course. Um, I come out here and I work hard every single day. We all, you know, um, sit in the meetings rooms and try to get this game down, you know, to, uh, to a T. And um, it's just a lot, you know, it, it gives me confidence to, to try to uh, consistently just get better and improve. And that's my goal. So you can't, you last season, your freshman season, you, you sort of came on as the season progressed. Was that a matter of just being comfortable? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It's um, just, you know, throughout practices and everything and, you know, just like being a freshman, it's hard. The first, you know, part of the season, you know, just getting used to the faster pace of the game and everything. But once the practices went along and everything and the games went along and uh, my teammates were able to, like, help me and, comfortable and, and of course having Jason back there that that helped too but um yeah it was just really trying to just be be better and just learn last year and um you know so yeah so then you went to high school with Jason right yeah right. So, so you obviously had a relationship with him well now Tyler's going to be the starting mm-hmm. quarterback how is that going to be with you and him it's great um we're still you know um working on it and everything and um it's all been good and you know there's no real um, I wouldn't say that I feel more confident or less confident with one. Uh, they're all like, we all have great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They're all great, and um, you know Tyler is great at making those plays down the field, just as Jason was. So um, I, I don't think there'll be any drop off. There's no uh, differentiating in, in you know confidence or ability mm-hmm. or anything. So. You think people look at you and think, well, wait a second, he's not that big. I, I underestimate him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Um, um, I think that's kind of how it was sometimes. Uh, they see my speed and they see uh, what I can do down the field, and I think that's what makes them you know, kind of nervous or, or whatever. But um, I, I don't really you know, see my size as a problem. That's never been the case. I've mm-hmm. been small my whole life, right. and I still got to this point. So um, 
I feel like if I just continue to work on my craft and getting better, then the sky's the limit. So how much do you think, given the fact of your speed, that guys are going to play off you a little bit so they're not burned long, mm-hmm. can you use that your advantage for a bunch of underneath stuff? Yeah, it's really just whatever uh, the call is. Um, you know, whatever the defense seems to be doing, if they're laying back and not letting me get deep, uh, I'm still have to play a call for me to get deep. I'm going to still try to get there. So um, it's really just trying to just counter whatever the uh, defense is doing. And uh, Coach Lud does a great job of doing that. So last part of the season you, we already discussed was your breakout season. So now when you go into games this year, people are going to know who number 25 is. You're not going to be able to catch anybody mm-hmm. by surprise. How much do you have to be aware of that to make sure you step up your game? Of course I have to be aware of it. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing me from last year and what I was able to do. And, and I feel like what I want to do uh, this year is more. So... Um, knowing that and knowing what they're going to do is just, I just have to work harder. And that's all it is, is just uh, go out there and just compete and just trying to do do the the things that I know that I can do mm-hmm. to, to, to really help this team. What do you think you need to work on? Um, really, it's just my consistency. Um, There's a lot of times where I can do a lot of great things and then sometimes, uh, you know, one or two things can be wrong. So it's just making sure that all the things that I'm doing are right and um, making sure that each little detail is perfect. When you're going long and you're open and that ball's coming down, what's going through your mind? Really just catching it. That's all it is. Just focusing, uh, riding on the ball and uh, knowing that this is what I've been doing my whole life and you know, just, just trying to catch it, really. That's all it is. No nerves? No nerves. No, not, not at all. Um, you don't really really think that much. You know, you're just you're in the air and you're just running and the ball's coming and you don't really have time to think because the ball's there. Right? So, so no 50,000 people are riding on no, this game? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, I mean, you think about that, of course, but it's not something that you really stress on at all. It's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's just football. And it's what I've been doing my whole life. So, Do you see anything different in the offense from Taylor to Ludwig? Yeah, I definitely just see um, really – from the whole team is just more confidence knowing what to do and I feel like last year there's a lot of times where it was throughout the week we, we weren't able to really focus on specific things so Good. thank you yeah no problem there's Jalen Dixon with PK now PK and I with his coach his position coach receivers coach Guy Holiday DJ and PK it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone we're visiting with Utah wide receivers coach Guy Holiday Kyle Winningham caught our attention I don't know if you knew he was going to say it or not but he caught our attention he announced that Jalen Dixon is one of the premier deep threats in the entire country what did you think when you heard that? Well that puts a lot of pressure on me right so (laughs) he's okay no Jalen has uh, he has the ability to accelerate to a football like um, I don't know that I've coached another one like him I, I would put him in the elites of the guys that I've coached, he's fast, but when the ball is in the air, he has that extra gear, and that's what happens with deep ball players. They can find a way when the ball is in the air to accelerate even more, and he has that unique ability. So best in the country or elite in the country, Coach Witt, that's great. Um, let's see what happens on game day. Also, Andy Ludwig said he thought that Jalen just wasn't a specialist, that he could be an every-down receiver. Well, he is an every-down receiver for, for us right now. Um, you know, I think um, in the past we kind of used him in different packages, and now he's uh, he's competing to be a starting wide receiver in everyday rotation, and he'll he'll play 50% of the snaps at least during the year. So, And it won't be just a run downfield. He, I mean, the run after the catch on slants, his run blocking has improved. 
He's tough. So, he, yeah, he's an every-down player. I mean, I, I can't stand – I think situational players are highly overrated. I, I want players that can play the whole game. So sometimes the numbers lie a little bit. The numbers on him, he had 16 of his 32 catches last year in the last two games, the conference title game and the bowl game. Do those numbers really reflect how he improved across the season? Was he really getting to another level there right at the end? I think those numbers reflect, um, let's just say those numbers reflect people getting comfortable with him as a player, uh, would be fair to say. Uh, I think his improvement was great. Uh, and then we just um, we had to figure out that he was a weapon. I, I was fortunate enough to recruit him out of high school and had seen him and knew what he can he can do. I mean, but if you just look at him, the measurables at being five nine, 170 pounds, or depending on what day it is, 60, 65, you know, you kind of oh, I don't know if he can do this, but. Uh, you can't define a person just on sheer looks. And, I mean, we should have more experience with that than anybody. I mean, Brick Covey looks like he's running for president of the United States at any time. <laughs> but he's a great football player. Uh, you say people got comfortable with him. And, in particular, that late-season flourish was with Jason Selley. And, obviously, they had a prior relationship before coming to Utah. Now Tyler Huntley is back. How long does that take to develop a relationship between those two? I think watching this summer camp, that relationship is done. It's great. I think uh, he had a practice where I think he had four balls over 60 yards, and, and that wasn't uh, from Jason Shelley. So I think that relationship, it took a minute to, to get that comfort level and that, that trust factor, but uh, I think it was more on our, our part from coaching. Tyler would throw the ball to whomever's open, and, uh, and, and J.D.'s earned the right. Utah wide receivers coach Guy Holiday visiting with us. So Dixon's got the speed and he's a deep threat. Does that open up everything else for him running across the middle, coming back to the football? I mean, does his speed keep guys on that on that back foot and uh, open up stuff for him? Sure it does because you're, as a DB, the one ball you don't want to give up is the one over the top. So that, that allows him to be a great intermediate pass route runner. It allows him to run comebacks, digs, even three-step slants. I mean, he can do all that. Uh, you just want him to get the ball in his hand. What he had to work on, to be quite frank, is ball security and securing the football. I mean, he had some some critical turnovers, and I, I don't know what the stat is, but I, I believe it's over 90% of all fumbles by receivers are recovered by the defense. So we had to secure that first. That was really important to us. Are you going to be blowing out candles for your 54th birthday, birthday I think it is, in Pasadena? I sure in hell hope so. That'd be a great day, right? This is birthday, January 1st. Yeah. I think we all put that together, PK. I, I am, uh, yeah, that's my plans. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be blowing out candles, but I'll, I'll be. Uh, Eating cake. I'll have a toast. How about that? Diet Coke. <laughs> because obviously that's what the expectations are. And you're a guy who's never shied away from any form of uh, any difficult task or any expectation, are you getting to that to, to making sure your players are embracing that? Well, I, I think the thing is, and I tell my players, the uh, expectations is, is one of the greatest compliments you can have. Now it's up to you to live up to it. You know, Pasadena is a long ways away. You got to, let's, let's take one step at a time. The expectation is uh, you want to go in and win your first game, regardless of who it is. And it just happens to be... Um, down south at, in, in their place where they're a tough opponent and you know let's let's get past that one first and 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 have some fun and uh, we'll take one game at a time and 
let's end it in the Rose Bowl. That'd be unbelievable for this whole program, for the city of Salt Lake, and uh, for the state of Utah. Have you got another receiver? Obviously, you mentioned Covey, and obviously we've talked to you about Dixon. Have you got another receiver, possibly a guy who just walked over right next to us here, who you can count on as, a, as another starter? And, and you want to be too deep at all of those, too. So who's emerging? I think Damari Simpkins has probably had one of the best camps I've been around. So he's doing well. Brian Thompson. Um, I guess you see Samson Nakua. You can't help but see him. He's, his last three days have been really good. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, Terrell Perryman's had a good camp. Him and um, we've got a great battle going on at, at a lot of positions. Uh, Solomon has come on the last three practices. Took him a minute to get started. Now that you're starting to get down the back stretch, you know, as people always say, the cream rises to the top. So, I mean, the evaluation continues day by day. We keep scoring my room, and uh, it's really interesting to see. And, and the guys are competitive, so either you turn it down or you turn it up. But if you turn it down, you won't play here. I can promise you that. There's Utah receivers coach Guy Holiday. Always a good interview. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the UCLA Bruins. Is there an upstart in the South who could wreck things for uh, the Utes? Where, where, are the, where are the Bruins in year two of Chip Kelly? We'll talk with a reporter who covers them daily. Took me wins. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time to talk a little UCLA football with Duke Nguyen from the Southern California News Group, beat reporter, covering the Bruins. And, of course, as always, our guests join us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Duke good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing all right. How's Chip Kelly doing? Because he seemed pretty happy and upbeat, and that usually means he doesn't have a good team because we had good teams. He was really cranky at Pac-12 media days. Just wanted to be done with it and get it over. Should we read into that? Um, you know, I don't know if I understand Chip's mood well enough yet to really tell you. He's a difficult guy to read, to be honest. So you look at this ball club here and their freshman quarterback out of Vegas got significant time last year. Is he going to be able to make significant improvement to where this team can challenge for a bowl bid? I expect, well, I mean, I don't know if he will, but if UCLA is going to challenge for a bowl bid, they will need him to, I can say that. Uh, We haven't been able to watch him much in practice, so I honestly can't tell you what he's looking like right now. I can tell you he can, he's very good at stretching. We can watch that part. <laughs> but I think I, when we in spring practice, I found him a little bit inconsistent, especially with some of the throws that you might think were easy, maybe like a screen pass, a, a, a quick out to, to the running back or something like that. I found that he missed those throws a lot. So I think there is a lot of improvement to be made, and UCLA will need him to make those improvements um, quickly because like you, they have an extremely young team. So they need all of the sophomores, whether it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback 
or uh, Kazmir Allen and Martel Irby at running back, or they have three defensive linemen who were freshmen last year. Um, they all they need those now sophomores to step up across the board so they can get to that bowl bid. And I think for them, my my absolute feeling would be six wins, seven wins, and if I see that they have kind of the young talent, the young potential to possibly get there. It's just a matter of them realizing that potential this year. So obviously you're coming off three and and nine and you need progress and there's a lot of work to do. Is there a position group that really is pretty established, that looks pretty good, something hang their hat on a little bit? Well, to me, I think the defensive backs are probably the, the deepest position group they have. They have three returning starters in Darnay Holmes, Quinton Lake, and then Elijah Gates, who was a halfway starter last year. He was the starting nickel, and then he ascended to the starting cornerback position late late in the season due to an injury to another player. So I think the starting lineup for the DBs is as strong as anyone. It's just a matter of who are they going to kind of figure out to that second level. They have a lot of redshirt freshmen who spent a spent some time waiting last year. They have junior Mo Osling, who is kind of their backup safety. So they have a lot of talent there, I think. And it's now just going to be whether they can play consistently and stay focused because I feel like the DBs are extremely confident. When we talk to them, they pretty much think that they can do anything that they want to do. Now it's just a matter of them going out to do it themselves. So I could argue at running back, Joshua Kelly probably had the most surprising season last year. And as I look at this offense with uh, at least three returning linemen there, and I'm not really sure about the receivers, uh, can I argue it will be run dominant and knowing that Chip Kelly does like to run the ball? I would say so. I think that's a safe bet. Anytime you get a Chip Kelly team, that they would be run dominant if they have the personnel, which this year I believe they do. I would say that they have actually four returning starting linemen. The only open spot really is at left tackle, and I think they have an idea for that. They have um, redshirt freshman Alec Anderson practicing there, even though yesterday we saw Alec Anderson not participating in practice due to an injury. So we'll see what their contingency plan there is. But I think they do have a solid ingredients for a running game. And speaking of injuries, Joshua Kelly is actually going through an injury right now. He uh, banged his knee earlier in practice, so we haven't seen him practice since the the second day of camp. So we'll have to see how long he's out. And UCLA really needs some of those, like I said, those younger guys to step up and running back behind him. Whether it's Casimir Allen, Josh, or yeah, Casimir Allen, Martel Irby, they're both sophomores. They have some new freshmen, um, Keegan Jones, who enrolled in the spring, and uh, oh, uh, Christian Grubb, who's a former sprinter from high school. And if if you look at their entire running back group, they have three former high school sprint sprint stars. Really, Casimir Allen won the 100 meters state 100-meter championship in California, and Keegan Jones won the 200-meter state championship in Tennessee. So they have some really – so like you would expect from a Chip Kelly team, they have a lot of speed at the running back position. You know the Utes want to run the football, and they looks like they got a really good running back, and that's the way Kyle Whittingham thinks. So will the Utes be able to push UCLA around, or the Bruins' D-line and front seven will be better than they were a year ago? I think they'll be better than they were a year ago. 
I think they have a good amount of growing they need to do to be able to challenge a team like Utah. Obviously, Utah has, they know what they are, and they very much play to their strengths, and they're consistently good at those things. And UCLA needs to prove that it can be good at, good at that thing until they can challenge a Utah in the trenches. So I think the defensive line is going to be a lot better than it was last year. They had three true freshmen um, playing regularly in Otito Bonia, Antonio Mafi, and Tyler Manoa, and they're all back this year. They're, they are physically much different. Antonio Mafi came into camp last year as a freshman weighing 411 pounds. He was coming off an Achilles injury from high school, and now he's down to about 360, and he moves a lot better. He's quicker, and he's just as strong, if not stronger. And on the other side of Tito Obonia, gained a lot of weight, and now he is just massive. Um, so I think they, the sophomores have really grown up a little bit on the defensive line. I expect UCLA to be much better up front, but I don't know if they're going to be quite at where they need to be to kind of push them into the top rung of the Pac-12 just yet. How much will Thompson Robinson run the football this year? I think he will not run as much as fans want him to or expect him to. I think when you look at who's behind him, if he gets hurt, UCLA has what I think is a very competent backup option in Austin Burton, but he's a redshirt sophomore who's never played a single game, of, a single snap of college football. So there's no experience behind him. So I don't think you, I don't think Chip Kelly would want to put Thompson Robinson out there and risk some sort of injury by having him run a lot. Surely, if they run a zone, a zone read, and the defensive end doesn't cover, doesn't cover the quarterback, surely Dorian will take the ball and, and run with it, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of, you know, called plays for Dorian to run. So, as you look at the uh, at the progress UCLA is making here, you know, you're covering the team. The people closer to the team, how on board are they with this, or is the fan base definitely sitting back in wait-and-see mode? I think they're in wait-and-see mode still. I think they could see a lot of growth at the end of last year. I thought UCLA probably left last year as the happiest 3-9 and nine team in the country. They beat SC at the end of the season. They had a really competitive game against Stanford, which, I mean, they've, I think they've lost to Stanford maybe 10, 11 years in a row now. So having that competitive game against Stanford was really motivating for them. So they see things building in the right direction. It's just UCLA fans, I feel like they've been burned many times for a false hope, and they want to see see the results before they really invest. At linebacker, Josh Woods was thought to be a heck of a player, but he's had all sorts of injuries, and he's back for his senior season, hasn't played in, what, at least a year. What is his status? Mm-hmm. He is back full go right now. He hasn't played since 2017, actually, so it's been over... It's been over a year. He hurt his shoulder midway through 2017, and then last year he came back to training camp, and then he just tore up his knee maybe a week and a half before the season, and so he's been out since then. So he's back full go. He's wearing a knee brace. I think everyone's really excited to see Josh on the field, not only because 
he is a, a good player and he can certainly help them at outside linebacker where they they do need some more bodies. Last year they had so many injuries that they had three outside linebackers. That, that was it. So they really needed him last year. So they like that he's back just for his play, but also for his leadership and his mentality. He's, he's a redshirt senior. He's one of the oldest players on the team and or most experienced players on the team. So he's seen it all. And I think everyone is really rooting for him to have a great year this year from after he's, after everything that he's, he's been through. You know, you mentioned that they brought in a, a, a state sprint champion, 10-meter champion from Tennessee. Is Chip Kelly focused on Southern California primarily in California, or is he trying to recruit nationally? I think a lot of people want him to focus more on Southern California. Certainly he tries. I mean, if you live in Southern California, it would be, it would be a completely idiotic decision not to focus on Southern California in recruiting. But I think he does try to get some more national guys than I think fans would like or expect. Uh, he brought in someone from Tennessee. He has a few. Otito Bonia, for example, is from Texas. Uh, they have a tight end from New Jersey. So he, I think Chip looks at what the UCLA brand is, and he understands that it's a great academic institution, so it'll open up a lot of doors in recruiting anywhere he wants to go. And he feels that if he finds a kid who is the right academic fit and athletic fit for UCLA, then he'll he'll go go get him no matter where they live. And something that I've kind of noticed from a lot of the kids who are signing with UCLA is that a lot of them either have uh, Ivy League offers or... um, military academy offers so he's not really competing with a lot of the other Pac-12 schools for recruits he's going for some of those lower ranked recruits and in Southern California there's a ton of recruiting competition and I don't know if Chip is really is really in for fighting off so many of the other schools for these kids so I think that's probably one of the reasons why he's kind of expanded his recruiting network a little bit. So you got to have big plays on offense in order to score. You can't always rely on 80-yard drives through 14 plays or whatever it is. And we already talked about uh, Kelly at running back and and Thompson Robinson at quarterback. How about Theo Howard as receiver? Had a decent season last year when they had a lot of flux at quarterback. If they have consistency at quarterback with – with uh, uh, Robinson there, how good can Theo Howard be? Well, I think Theo can be really good. It's just unfortunate because we haven't been able to see him practice because he's actually been hurt. He has a little wrist injury. He's wearing um, what I think is a soft cast on his right hand. So we haven't been able to see him practice. Of course, they really need Theo to come back. He's, I want to say off the top of my head, the only senior receiver they have. So he is absolutely going to be their top receiver. They know this, and so they really need him to be back. Um, But behind him, there's a little bit of a, I I would say, it's a competition to find that second guy. They have a junior college transfer, Jalen Irwin, who I think everyone is really excited for. He's super fast, he's super quick, and he's very competitive. You may have seen him. If you watched Last Chance You, you may have seen him. I think he made a brief cameo in the third episode. He caught a, he caught a touchdown for Hutchinson Community College. So um, he 
he knows how to make big plays, and it's just a matter of taking it to this Power 5 level. And I think uh, he's going to have a big year for the offense, and they need him to step up behind Theo Howard. So do the Bruins have enough to get off to a good start at Cincinnati and home to San Diego State? Because it looks like a couple tough games after that, and they could be coming off 3-9. and nine. I mean, 1-3 and three or 0-4 would be horrific. Right, right. Yeah, I, we were just kind of discussing this the other day uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, they really need a good start. I mean, I don't know how good Cincinnati is going to be. I don't know how San Diego State's going to be. I know those programs are always very solid, especially lately. I mean, Cincinnati beat him last year. UCLA knows how good Cincinnati can be. So I think they're motivated from last season and also motivated from last season's loss to Cincinnati to get off to a good start. I, I can't tell you if UCLA is going to win those first two games leading up to Oklahoma. I can't tell you that they need to win those first two games leading up to Oklahoma because it doesn't get much easier for them afterwards. Well, thanks for a few minutes to talk a little Bruin football. Took me win. UCLA beat writer for the Southern California News Group. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Took me win. Beat writer covering the UCLA Bruins. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.